the Crucial Talks podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. If you could do me a quick favor, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast and subscribe to it. We have some really good conversations, and I want to build this community of people that want to understand what drives others and what drives themselves. And if you ever have a question for me, please feel free to reach out by visiting www.crucialtalks.com or through LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. So at its core, this podcast is all about people as social animals and how we make decisions based on those social drivers. And I personally hold pretty tight to the belief that people make decisions based on emotions and feelings. And one of the most powerful drivers of emotions comes from how we interact with other people. Now, today's guest is Lawrence Henderson. He is a leadership expert that helps organizations through coaching, speaking, workshop, and a new book called Bridging the Gap, Life, Love, and Leadership. Now, Lawrence is great, and I've really been looking forward to talking to him because not only what he does for a living, but because of the fact that he believes that people have to connect first. And this goes right in line with what we talk about here on the Crucial Talks podcast in the importance of relationships to everything we do as human beings. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Lawrence Henderson to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you doing today, Lawrence? Doing fantastic, Mike. Thank you for having me today. Well, I'm really looking forward to talking to you because looking at your background and what you've done to get where you are and to, to get to the place where you're really you're providing this book and consulting and coaching for folks. It's really interesting because of your background. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Really, how did you get to this place where you can help so many people? Right. So I I didn't take the traditional route, whether it was going to college and different things like that, but I actually took a journey into the United States Army as an Army officer and did that for 12 and a half years leading up to this point now where I transitioned a little over four years and to where now I am doing leadership, organizational change, and consulting full-time now uh, for the past several years, um, helping organizations bridge the gap between where they are and where they desire to be. Well, and so this um, this journey you're on, mm-hmm. how many what kind of organizations do you talk to? You have a military background, but it looks like you do a lot of work with corporations, companies, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, a number of industries that I actually directly worked with, I've worked with universities, uh, higher education, so their executive teams uh, within a university platform, then also uh, in the manufacturing industry, uh, telecommunications industry, uh, and then just several uh, smaller to medium-sized businesses um, that I've helped uh, their leadership teams. Um, and just recently, as this past week, uh, working with the home improvement industry, uh, an organization had their national convention and did a couple sessions on the professional mindset and uh, some strategic planning mastery. Well, and really what I love about your background and what you're doing is you're helping all these different organizations, different industries, they have different organizational cultures, they have different things they're responsible for. But what it sounds like is that your approach to all of this through learning and development, through leadership, really applies to everybody because of this focus on people and the focus on relationships and connecting first. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I believe uh, with the thing that connects us all is what we value and what's important to us. 
And uh, I had a conversation with some human resource professionals uh, several weeks back. And I'm always seeing these articles pop up about we need to bring the human back into human resources. Uh, and for me, as in business, I'm seeing these several articles pop up around organizations having core values, but they're not using following them. But if you really get to the root of all of us, what drives us? What what gets us up in the morning? And it's that drive to work hard, integrity, uh, personal courage, those loyalty, uh, all those things are at the heart of people. Um, and it's when we begin to engage there first and build relationships off the things that connect us in our commonalities, um, then we can really engage when it comes to figuring out things to flex. Well, and so what we're figuring out about people and what you're seeing, I mean, it's, I've talked about it before where we were, where we were as a country and really as a world after the industrial revolution is treating people as like parts of a machine. If it didn't work right, you just change mm-hmm. it out. If it's broken, you just fix it. But really what you're doing is understanding that people are people, we're human beings. Yep. And based on that, you came up with this, this idea for this book mm-hmm. and you called it Bridging the Gap, Life, Love, and Leadership. Now, love is, a, is an acronym, right? So yep. what, what, is this, what is the genesis of this book about? What's, what's really at its core? At its core is taking the reader uh, or the person on a personal journey to through the life section of it, not being afraid to tell uh, or or be proud of your life resume that's gotten you to this point, uh, but then taking the time to build on what are your values and really that love is living our values every day. And so actually you figuring out what that is, so really transitioning, how many people have actually sat sat down and figured out and really written down what is it that I believe in? And then the leadership part of it, it's a personal leadership journey. And, and if you are a leader or if you are thinking about moving up in the organization and corporation, you haven't successfully led yourself, how can you truly believe someone else will follow you? And so it's really taking you on a personal journey. It's really a coach personal book. Uh, has notes on the inside. Um, I, I, I wrote the book how I like to read. Um, and so I always have a notebook anytime I'm reading something. I said, instead of having somebody have to buy a, a journal, there's one inside. So it's really intended for you to be interactive, you to take this personal journey for yourself and really gives you a tool that you can go back to, see what you've uh, accomplished up to this point by the time you get to the end of the book. But then again, it empowers you action. Well, and it really sounds like a lot of the things we've talked about before here on the podcast, which is this, this notion about the importance of self-awareness. Now, you're, you're talking about life and understanding that it's okay to, to understand where you came from and that this journey we're all on in each of our respective lives can bring us someplace better. And so it sounds like part of this is really being aware of who you are, where you came from, and what values you can use to continue to succeed in life or to continue down a successful path in life. 100%. Uh, I, I truly believe uh, we, we always talk about mindset in that leadership space. And one of the things that a lot of, a lot of us that I'm encountering different organizations, whether you're a CEO or you're an individual contributor in an organization is taking that time 
to actually sit still and focusing on how you show up from a self-awareness, self-management perspective. And again, if, if we're intending to leave or intending to influence wherever we're at, you need to know how you show up first before you can begin to analyze or assess uh, any environment that you're in and actually identify if you're actually helping or hurting uh, any situation. Uh, and that all starts when, when you know how you show up uh, and that's, self-awareness at its core. Well, and then through this process of self-awareness in your book, it sounds like you lead us into how you develop these values or how you at least recognize the values. But then it sounds like, I mean, we all have values, right? That we subscribe to and we all talk about them. And when we, when we look inside, we feel like we understand those values and that they guide our lives. But it sounds like your book helps us understand that it's not just recognizing the values, but it's really living them every day. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is the values that guide us and actually living out those values every day. I mean, taking those actions that you talk about, but it seems like that might be the difficult part for some people. Once you recognize the values, really, how do you go about living them every single day? Well, one of the, I would say one of the biggest um, disconnects that I'm finding as I'm going through and talking to people is they're treating values as if it's a box to check, if it's another thing on the list to do, and instead of it being innately who you are, that you can't something that you can't separate from yourself. And so, if you say you value it, you say something that is important to you, you it, it just oozes out of you and it, you, you are that thing. And for me, you can't say, you know, you want somebody to be honest. You want somebody to be transparent. You want somebody to be loyal, but then you, you are fighting and having this uh, battle of cognitive dissonance of what you really are about. For me, that's when authenticity of self in, in, in who you are versus what you, believe others think you are is in conflict. And, and for me, it's today waking up every day and say, you know what, you're going to get all of me. And that's values, that's the motivation, that's the busted and disgusted past. That's, that's all a part of my life. You get all of that. And because for me, I'm not apologizing for what's happened to me up to this point, because that's what actually makes you want to engage with is that I'm real and I'm not in front of you painting a perfect picture or something that's so unattainable uh, for you. And, and I think, again, at the end of the day, you can't disconnect what you say you value. Well, and that's why I think your book and what you talk about is so valuable because it seems like nowadays with social media out there and people being able to filter their, their authentic lives into something they post online although social media is a way for us to connect and communicate and those same drivers that have driven us for, for eons are still there. The fact that people are filtering it does, I think, take away from authentic leadership because people are, they're kind of hiding those things in our past. And we all have those, those things in our past. We all make mistakes. We all learn those lessons, but we do filter those out, which is why I think your book truly is refreshing because it's, it recognizes that people are people 
and mm-hmm. it recognizes that we all learn our lessons, but it also recognizes that you can take that stuff, put a positive lens on, shift your perspective, and move forward toward more of a of optimizing success, even based on mistakes you may have made in the past, just being able to recognize those and moving forward past those or learning the lessons from those can really help us out as leaders. 100%. Uh, and even as a part of that, and I love your, your analogy when you talk about the filters that we all put on, uh, and even the post today that you, you, are you smiling? All right. So what's behind the smile? What's going through the person's mind? That's actually, how'd you get to that smile? Or are you the, the smiling because to keep from crying? Right. And, and what's, what's funny to me today is the most popular podcast, the most popular photos are the ones that show the genesis of a thing all the way through the end result. So starts off that you didn't know what you were doing through development, through the hierarchies of need, through, you know, self-actualization. And then now the final product, of we're shiny. We're, we're moving forward. We're successful. We're sitting on the Lamborghini, you know, it's, it, it's those things that people want to connect to is the human parts of us, the ugly parts of us. I mean, a mother having birth can get a million likes and she, she couldn't filter that. She couldn't do a makeup filter. She couldn't do anything or anything of that nature to know it's birth. And, and people absolutely love the connection of being available for the entire emotional experience. Um, and, I, and I really believe social media has made us one of the most connected, disconnected societies in history because of that filtering, because of what you, you can put out in front of somebody instead of them seeing the dark hours in your life and in the stress and the depression and all those different things. But it's people who actually own those parts of themselves that really provide impact because it says to me and it says to others, you know what I'm going through at the end of the day, you don't have to go through it alone. And if we connect in this, we're stronger together than we are separately apart. Um, And in one chapter of my book, I asked the question, who can you count on? And that's when you really develop those deep relationships and those people like, you're not going to broadcast to a thousand different people, those, those things that are core to you, but you need those closest to you that are able to help you filter through what's going on. And also who are going to push you to level up. Well, and you make a great point there. Well, you made a couple great points. One is really this. I love what you said that we're the most connected, but disconnected because we are, we're just seeing the, the frosting of the cake. We're not seeing all the ingredients and hours of baking that went into making that cake, right? We don't. And that's what people really connect with because as social animals, as social storytellers, Mm -hmm. as a, as a species that actually needs interactions with others and needs social belonging, that is a huge part of being successful is that, that connection that you're talking about, the, that emotional, deep level connection, which led to your discussion about how important it is to figure out who can you count on mm-hmm. and who are those closest people? Because on this podcast, we talk a lot about 
the power of social in-groups and those in-group members and how having that level of trust in your group lets you focus outside on opportunities and outside threats. And you can focus all your energy that way because you're not worried about protecting your back because you have somebody there to protect you, that yep. you have that, that interaction. So once we find these folks that, that really are closest to us, now does it come down to trying to figure out, you know, how to use your value system, how to, how to use that every day so that you're, because it's going to be ugly, right? It's not all rainbows and unicorns when you're dealing with, with life. Definitely. But how do you use that value system or those values even in the negative times? Well, again, it's, it's a matter of you, you asking yourself a question. And constantly, again, staying self-aware, staying present, and doing a lot of self-management. Good, bad, and different. It's about framing your, your perspective and then controlling the energy of what you're calling negative. And one of the things that I call out in my book is, you know, it's, it's either that everybody, a call, a call out in, in, a, in a conference or anything, somebody says, I'm either winning or I'm losing generally, right? So for me, that the energy of the word losing you know, it's supposed to be powerful that you know, I'm learning something. So for me, I just changed it to I'm winning or I'm learning how to win. And so for us, in that, that quote unquote negative, it's uh, some so many things are associated with that negative because it's it, it was icky, it was sticky, and I, I don't want to touch it. But if you reframe how you see it and how you think about it, and again, which takes time, but which takes practice, but that's why you have that circle closest to you and the expectation of that circle is I don't need you to come along with me when I'm in those modes of what negative would look like but now I need you to help me reframe and so reminding yourself and reminding the people you're connected to that you're winning or you're learning how to win because all of it and then now it's really a lesson now it's really an opportunity to see differently the things that you're looking at that won't but now, okay, what does it look like when I overcome, right? That's the either I'm learning how to win, right? In versus just the negative parts of it, and having to process those emotions, those feelings. But now, you know what? This is, was a learning opportunity for me. And that's a total different energy than, man, I, I took, you always hear it. Oh, God, took four steps back and only got took two steps forward. No, you're not behind. You just now, the steps look different. You still got to go up the steps, but they just look different for you now. And then again, it's it's a total mental reframe and a paradigm that we all need to do for ourselves. Well, and that is great because you're talking about, you're talking about reframing what you see. And mm -hmm. I, I love that concept because I've talked about it a ton of times where two people standing next to each other in the same situation can view it mm. totally different yep. um, and can experience it totally different. And what you're talking about is kind of like teaching yourself to be accountable to what's going on around you and that you may not have control over what has happened, but you do have control over how you view it and what you do with it and how you react to it. And it seems like that 
that does seem like a powerful way to better yourself, to move forward in life. Awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's almost that that the old adage, right, of, of a visual, either you the optimist or the pessimist, right? You is the glass half empty or the glass half full? Well, my question to either one of those people is, well, isn't there something in the glass? Right. <laughs> and that's <laughs> is it, right. Is It's just is there something in the glass? Let's be let's both be excited that we have something in the glass. Well, and that is I mean, that really that's the core of it. Right. It's yeah. it's how do you how do you see things? How do you look at it? Because if you're always looking for the negative, that's all you're going to find. But 100%. if you're searching for the positive. Well, now, now you're going to find what you're looking for. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, you never find what you don't look for. Yeah. So if you're, if you're searching for the right stuff, now you can have some, some positive momentum built up yeah. in your life. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, you're, you're, you're totally right about, you know, if you seek it, you'll find it, right? And total confirmation bias. It, you, you take yourself down that road and, and following all the wrong things in life. And it seems like oh, I find myself here always and like, all right, so what were you looking at? What were you focused on? All right. And when you, when you begin to ask those questions and I always tell people as, as a coach, get good at asking before telling, right? Because we have this thing as, as humans that we want to help people fix things and we want to be fixer uh, for a lot of people versus teaching people how to fish, right? But anybody who knows that that analogy of, you know, give them a fish, they'll eat today. Teach them the fish, they'll, they'll, they'll eat for a lifetime. But I have a buddy of mine, we had this conversation about, you know, well, what if, what if they're hungry first? Will they even listen to you if they're, if they're hungry and teach them to fish, they're not going to listen to you. So feed them first. Find out the need, meet the need, but then they're ready and available for the message, right? And so that I see that kind of as you talk about mindset and you talk through these things <clears throat> as a coach, I make sure that I find the need in our initial conversation and then, okay, once I got the need, I'll address the need, but then call to action. How do we move forward? What are you willing to do to move forward? What does this mean to you if you move forward? If you stay where you are right now, what's the impact? If you get in position to move forward, what's the impact? And so you begin to give them opportunities. Everybody's going to see the grass and greener of, you know what? If I just take one step, and I love Creed, one step at a time, one punch at a time, one step at a time, one punch at a time. You know, I love that analogy because, again, when you see that, they're like, oh, man, that's that's a long way away. I hear you did it but it's 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 not there for me but one step one punch one step one punch well and you you hit a couple of great points again on that i love what you said about asking before telling because in our world right where we if we're speakers yeah. consultants authors whatever we get into this mode of doing a lot of telling. I mean, we really do a lot of telling. And I almost think that's like the fallback for a lot of folks in communication is a lot of telling. But I, I love what you said about asking before telling. And it sounds to me like you're saying, look, you got to listen first. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we listen, right? And we, we understand what the person needs 
and we provide that need. And, and I love it the way you said it again, right? If they're hungry, they're not going to listen to uh, what pole you should use or what line or what bait or what hook. They're just hungry. So you meet their needs so they can focus. And then you start to teach them and lead them down this road where you're giving them opportunities and choices. And I like that too, because it seems to me that when you, when you show people choices, when you open up their eyes to the choices they have in front of them, they now feel more empowered. They feel motivated. They feel like they have the ability to now control things in their life. 100%. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing how, you know, as students, as adults, uh, that, you know, people could tell you a hundred different things. They could tell you how, what was their experience, say, you know, and, and it's, well, oh, thank you for that information. And, and as if we're going to do something immediately with that information, but we find ourselves like, you know what? Mike told me if I went down that road, what I was going to get, but it's some, we you had to do it anyway. Right. And, and it's for whatever reason you, you win anyway, but it's that curiosity of life of maybe it'll end up differently for me. If, if like I heard, I heard them when they told me, right. I, I heard them when they described their risk, you know, what happened to them, but now it'd be different because I'm different. The situation would be totally different because I'm different. And, and for us, it's, and when I say I had no regrets, it, it's in navigating the stages of understanding, right. Of, yep. You did tell me, yep. The stove was hot. I confirmed it again for you. Right. But it's, that's a part of my resume now that, okay, somebody behind me and hopefully at some point somebody gets it and they don't have to go through it. Right. They don't have to get the, the nod on the head. Like, you know what? Lawrence told me that Mike told me that Mac told me that Brian told me like this long list of people told me I would get a nod on my head if I went there. But now it's like, okay, that's that's the legacy of storytelling and and people owning their origin story and we never be we never get that story out if no one is in position to ask us for it and make themselves available to actually hear us and see us um for for the marvel that we are well that's a beautiful way to put that because you know this podcast about social storytellers and that's what makes people different and i'm really liking what you're saying here because you know, we didn't, back in the day when we were in tribes, we didn't need to uh, go out and experience a saber-toothed tiger for ourselves, right? Our buddy that told us they're dangerous, that was good enough for us. So the fact that, that you are helping people understand that their story matters and that listening to others' stories matters, but it's still, you know, there's still this driving force in mm-hmm. people of mm-hmm. fear, you know, we, we go through life experiences, we make mistakes, yeah. and now people get scared, right? And that, that action step that you're talking yeah. about, the, the taking purposeful action mm-hmm. based on your values, sometimes mm-hmm. that's hard for people because they're scared. They're afraid yeah. of where that step is going to lead them. How do you get them through that? Well, again, it, it's asking before telling. It's what is fear? What are, what are you saying you're afraid of? And, and I love the acronym of, of fear. Uh, forget, you know, false evidence is appearing real, but there's inner, 
energy associated with that. So my brother, me and my brother were talking about fear. He also uh, is in leadership and trainer as well. And he says, forget everything and rejoice, right? It's, 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 a, it's a matter of perspective. And if you're giving energy to something that you've never even tried versus you live this life successfully up to this point, whether you see it as success or not, guess what you haven't, you had, you've been given another shot at. So rather than believe in the person that's gone through the fire and they're standing today, you would rather let this thing, this fictitious being out there, keep you from doing something that, you know, on the other side of it, some things will, will benefit your life, will benefit your family. And again, it goes back to as coach, the coach's responsibility is to push is to move people out of comfort zones. It's not to just appease people and pat people on the back and say thumbs ups and smiles. You're so wonderful where you are today. No, as your coach, I want to see you on the other side of this. And I want you to experience explosive growth because you navigated this thing for yourself and you found out what was important to you. So on the other side of fear, I'm asking that question. What if you do nothing? Who's impacted by you doing nothing, by you staying on it, yep, you're scared. Who's impacted by that? And there's this thing, again, we're creatures of, we're a group, we're pack animals. And what happens is you put it in a perspective of all they see is themselves and, and them hurting themselves or, you know what, I'm comfortable, I'm, that's all I need right now. But for me, the, the total transition and switch happened when I thought about others around me that would be impacted if I didn't act. And if I'm not in position, you talk about something that scares me, be not being in position for somebody else to get to their next level of understanding and success and happiness, that scares the living daylights out of me. Because now I not only failed them or failed myself, I failed them as well. And so I have to be in position. I have to push because somebody else is depending on me to be in that next position that I'm supposed to be in. So there is no self-actualization and I stay there. There are levels to my self-actualization and it's a constant push. It's a constant push to be in that next position and at that next level for somebody else. People are depending on me, whether I see them or not. It's the faith that's there. that You know what? I'm doing something that's impacting lives. And I have to get past this. And who do I need to connect to to help me through this? What else do I need to understand to get on the other side of this? And then also, again, answer the question for myself. Who or what is impacted if I'm not in position on the other side of this thing that I'm, a, quote, unquote, afraid of? Well, you, you said a bunch of good stuff there, man, because it really does. You know, I see so many people that think that success and happiness comes with the next car or the next promotion or the corner office. Mm -hmm. But really you had such a great point that through self reflection and mm -hmm. you realized, and I think a lot more people need to realize this, that when you're being, when you're putting yourself in a position to help somebody else, when, you know, you said yourself, you're not afraid of not succeeding. You're not afraid of not earning money. You're not afraid of not getting the next new car you're afraid of not being there for that person depending on you. That is a huge 
motivational driver for people. And I don't yeah. think, in, even though it impacts everybody, mm-hmm. I don't think enough people are out there realizing that that is a truth for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it goes back almost to the beginning of this conversation of, of kind of that, the social media aspect of it is you see individuals winning. How many times are we seeing the pictures of the teams winning? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's all, it's all well and good if the guy's at the, at the top of the mountaintop, but he's alone, right? If you're, at, if you're at the top of the mountain by yourself, you did it wrong. You did it totally wrong because now you have nobody left to enjoy it with. And now you're just miserable and successful, right? And then now, now you got other problems. And that's, you know, the mental health crisis of people feeling alone in this billions of people's world. You know, it's, it's like, how are you alone? Like, who helped you get there? Like who, who, and, and if on an individual's person, like who'd you step on to get there? Like, remember those folks that have your, your, your footprint on their face, uh, you know, <laughs> go, go take them out for ice cream now that you've gotten <laughs> successful or something. But, but for me, it's, it's okay. Who's along the journey? Who's along for the ride? And, and at the end of the day, and I had a general tell me once time, uh, as I was a young captain and had a one-on-one with him and I'm talking about my military career and I'm talking about the things that I wanted to do. And he, he stopped me and said, if your family's not along for the ride, then get off the train. He said, because at the end of the day, what was it all for? What was it all for if you don't have people with you to enjoy it? Right. And it's, you always see the I'm out here grinding. I'm out here hustling. I'm at, for who? For what? Because that, it, yeah, it's 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 amazing to me. Well, and that's where I think it's so valuable what you're doing because, you know, I and I go back full circle to the core of what you do, which is what I love on your website and love the stuff you say mm-hmm. because you put it first. You're like, look, connect first. Like those connections are so important mm-hmm. that some of the happiest people I know, they don't have to have the corner office. They don't have to be the boss. They don't have to be the the owner of the company. The reason they're happy and the reason they are, in my opinion, successful is because of their strong connections mm-hmm. with other people. Yep. Yep. It's um, <clears throat> early on in my career uh, as an Army officer, I learned, I learned very, very, very early um, about the importance of building up those around you. Um, and, I, and I loved my time in service because it taught me to have that next next man, next woman up mentality. Like who's next? And the only way you can figure out who's next, you got to spend time with people. You got to build relationships with people. And the only way that stories were ever passed down from generation to generation is they spent time with each other to tell those stories. And he told them over and over again, not in vain repetition, but so it painted a picture of, okay, this is what it looked like for us. Now you help mold a new future. You help add on to the story, but don't forget the story. And and for us as leaders, it's that, you know, be skilled enough to be able to be out in front, but then have the empathy to back off a little bit and make sure everybody's no one's left behind. Right. So you can walk next to people. You walk shoulder to shoulder with people, then push out ahead of them a little bit just to make sure the road's safe. But then, all right, let them catch up to you. And then do it all over again. And there's development there. There's relationship. There's conversation there. You know, how did how did you get to this point where you're actually able to move out in front of us? 
All right, let me tell you how it went for me. But then what did you see me doing? Right, that asking before telling. What did you see me doing? What did you observe? What did you hear? Right, and that, and for me, that's that again goes back to the values. But it, you have to, as a leader, create spaces, create environments for the next person to have an opportunity to learn, grow. That's why I believe one hundred percent in mentoring, in coaching, uh, and, and my wife's an educator. I love teachers. People who are passionate from generation to generation to generation, you have to have people in position. I believe leaders should get good at kind of being all three, coach, teacher, and mentor, to actually develop and cultivate what next looks like for your organization and the people that surround you. I don't know of a better place to leave off this episode than that. I mean, bringing that that level of richness Mm-hmm. What we do every single day is is so huge. So I know we covered a bunch in this. Mm-hmm. I know people are going to have questions for you. I know they're going to want to get in touch with you for yeah. some of the services you offer, about yeah. your book, all of that. How can people get a hold of you and what do you offer to people? All right. Uh, well, first, contact information. Uh, if you want to email me about having an exploratory coaching conversation, whether that's leadership coaching, transition coaching, uh, or life coaching, uh, you can send me an email at info at bossconsultingllc.net. You can go to my webpage if you want to check us out, www.bossconsultingllc.net. And the book is on Amazon. Uh, If you get Prime, it gets there to you quicker. Uh, Or also email me as well. If you want several copies of the book, I can arrange several copies to be delivered to you and your organization. Uh, But one of the things that I offer organizations that are ready uh, is the ability to go on a journey towards, uh, like I said, explosive growth, explosive change. And, And the reason why I said who are ready is that it's about relationship. Even when I walk into that first uh, needs assessment meeting, why am I here? But if you're not ready from the top of the organization down through middle management, then I'm not going to waste your time and I'm not going to waste my time because if you're not ready to take this journey of actually changing, then it's not a good relationship for us. I want leaders and I want to partner with them who are actually ready to move their organizations to the next level. And it's in that top leadership leaders go first. Leaders go first. And so if it's not buy-in from the top down, then that everybody's going to be fighting uphill, right? So if you want to partner, if you actually want to grow, then let's have a conversation. I always call them all exploratory and they're always free. That way we understand by the end of the conversation before the ask, if we're a good fit for each other. And so if you want leadership, consulting, coaching, internal coaching. If you want workshops, facilitation on anything from diversity and inclusion all the way through organizational change strategy, uh, I can do it. And and we would love the opportunity to have a conversation with you and your team uh, on what the road ahead looks like for you. Well, clearly that is coming from an authentic place. I mean, the free call, the free emails, figuring out if you're a fit, figuring out if they're in the right place. It's all about authenticity. Lawrence, thank you again for coming on to the Crucial Talks podcast. All right, everybody, if you want to get a hold of Lawrence Henderson, it's going to be through email info at bossconsultingllc.net. Check out his website, bossconsultingllc.net. 
or the book, Bridging the Gap, Life, Love, and Leadership. I'm going to put links to all of these in the show notes. I'm going to put a link to the book in the show notes and on, on the Crucial Talks website. So if you have a chance, I'd love for you to visit me at my website, crucialtalks.com. Connect with me via email, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. I'll answer any questions you have. I love connecting with people. It really does come from the right place, just like Lawrence is coming from. So if you get a chance, rate the podcast, review it, share it, subscribe to it, because you're going to hear a lot of these great conversations just like the one we had with Lawrence. So have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit CrucialTalks.com.